Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 13th, and boys, we are all witnesses of the Trey Turner experience. Will you remember where you were at when Trey Turner set MLB ablaze with his recent tear making him a first-round pick? Who knows? I'm with my boys, Marty Party, Doc, and Little Cheesecake. Fellas, what's going on? Yo, uh, Trey Turner was my first round pick in Glarf, so I'm very excited over this last month. Because before that, man, that was that was pretty brutal. And um, Max Scherzer, uh, you hate to see it, but yeah. Other than that, positive vibes here. What what other things you might hate to see, especially if you're Emily Nyman, is a Rod's name coming out as being a snitch today. I don't know Hardcore. if y'all saw that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that I mean. You know he got uh, he got some immunity for that, but uh, A Rod coming out as a snitch on on his own network dropping the dime on him. Bad news makes all the sense to me. I hear every week it feels like I hear more and more negative things about him. I've heard Dan Patrick say he was like the worst, one of the worst guests he ever had on his show. I heard that the just- Captain documentary made him seem like a pretty bad guy. Yeah, I, I think everybody kind of knows the person he is at this point. Uh, back to Trey Turner though, for a second, do you guys know what his updated numbers are since the famous August 4th ovation? I think his overall for the year, I think he's like 25 homers, 26 steals, batting 270. I was looking at it yesterday. He went three for five yesterday with a homer and a stolen base, which takes, I didn't see his numbers today, but going into today, he had 26 homers and 27 steals on the season. Since August 4th, when the Philly fans gave him a standing ovation amid struggles, that's 34 games, he's batting 388 with 16 home runs, 41 RBIs, and six stolen bases. He's actually the first player in MLB history with 11 homers and 11 multi-hit games in a 13-game span. That's crazy. I played him and Matt Olson in a home league last week, and Matt Olson, Matt Olson is homering every two out of three games and yeah. somehow won. That's impossible. I don't know how that how you pulled that off. That seems almost impossible. Every day, it's, and they're just it's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's six points here, seven points there, four, one, eleven. Did you want to know the worst part? Is so today the Phillies and Braves played, and the Braves won four to one. Eric Spencer Strider pitched seven innings of one run ball and seven and nine strikeouts. The pain is brutal. After, the irony uh, we were worried about Zach Allen, and Zach Allen gave up seven earned today. Did he really? Oh, I didn't see yeah. that. Spencer Stryer, seven innings, four hits, one earned run, two walks, nine strikeouts. Taking his ERA now down to 373. Trey Turner today did not get a hit, so we will have to talk. hold on the, the numbers for him. H- have you ever heard of a Cy Young Award winner with a 370 ERA? He's not, he has no shot anymore. His you think? Uh, his, yeah, his outing against the Cardinals is what did him in. Six earned runs. If Blake Snell gets blown up today against the Dodgers, it's not impossible. It, but then yeah. there's Justin Steele still there. Strider yeah, needs to not give up a run the rest of the year. And I, Snell needs to blow up tonight. And, and Steele needs – I mean, they, I, he would need multiple blow-ups, I think, because they have Steele over be a run higher. Young ever. They have over a run better ERA, both him and Steele, than Spencer Strider does. Even though Spencer Strider is going to lead the league in wins, and he's going to lead the league in strikeouts, he's going to have like a good counts for something. He, I think he's leading in whip too. 
Uh, is yeah. he after that blow up? I didn't check. I was so I was so upset. I'll just, I'll check while you continue. I will never. Eric knows how much I I put on that. I will never publicly out tell how much I put on it. But it was it was very very. Painful. Yeah, I got a hundred bucks on it, dude. I'm hemmed up. I need him to step yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I, I guess never say never. I think going into the start today, he was plus seven thousand five hundred to win. Love the odds. Blake Snell, minus, Blake Snell was minus 200 and Steele was like plus 150. But Snell has like a 1-3 whip. So it's like like everyone else warts. I guess what Steele's going to look at in his profile. Okay, like, in the NL, uh, Spencer Strider is, t- is tied for third with a 1.08 whip. Wheeler and Burns are ahead of him. Justin Steele's a 1.13. And Blake Snell is a 1.25. Which is that he actually improved because it was like 1.3. 1.01 like a couple weeks ago. Those bad outings really hurt. It's crazy that Blake Snell has a career high 13.7 walk percentage. It's very, very wild. He, he would be. 2.52 year, right? It's crazy. I know Scott White tweeted something out. Would he be like the worst Cy Young that you can remember? Mm, no. I mean, there have been. Soft Cy Young awards before that I can think of. I think the year Rick Porcello won in the ALO. That's a good. Soft. That's a good one. Yeah, good call on that one. He had twenty wins and a three two eight ERA that year. Uh, he got shelled some games though. I remember he he. I think he had the longevity and durability that a pitcher. Like I don't think he missed a start, but I don't think he was overly impressive. If Spencer Strider gets his ERA down to, I don't even know if it's realistic if he can at this point. I think he has two starts left. If he gets his ERA down to three, five something, does he have a shot? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he does at this point. I'm, you're, I would you're, love for that to be the case. This is how you know David's rusty hosting is he's lamenting on a bed for seven minutes in the show rather than telling <laughs> us what we're yeah. talking about. You know why, Eric. You know exactly why, though. I know exactly why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we got a great show planned for you guys tonight. We've got talking big names to drop. Maybe if there's guys you drafted that have underperformed, is it finally time to cut bait with them? We're also talking some prospect promotions, recent promotions, if they're relevant for your roster at this point. Assuming most of you that are in head-to-head leagues are in the fantasy playoffs. If you're in season-long, um, roto-style format leagues, then are these guys actually going to help you go for a championship? We'll also be looking at the potential first round and what it might look like for 2024. It's going to be a start of a fun exercise in the off season that we're going to be doing that a lot. And then we have a fun game plan for you guys at the end. So without further ado, let's get to our first topic here. And what we're going to do is I'm going to give you guys some big names that were drafted very high in fantasy leagues. And you guys are going to tell me basically if you would drop them. And when I say drop them, if you're not starting them, at this point, you're dropping them because they're big enough names that you would be starting them if you trust them. If you don't trust them, you're probably cutting bait. So the first guy I'm going to tell you is, or read off to you guys, is Dylan Cease, who just in his last outing did rack up eight strikeouts, I believe one earned run on five innings against the Kansas City Royals. It's his first decent outing in quite some time. He's been unbelievably bad this year. Are you guys starting Dylan Cease? I'll start with you, Doc. If you have Dylan Cease on your roster, are you starting him going forward? I do have Dylan Cease, and this was a difficult decision. And the only reason I kept him this week is because he had a two start, and the first was against Kansas City. 
I'm playing him, but it is risky. A really bad blow up recently against the Athletics. Looked like early in the game against the Royals that he was going to get hit, but eight strikeouts. He's had at least six over the last six games. So in a roto category, he's helping you with that, especially in points leagues. He's limited his walks the last couple games, and that's something that was concerning a little bit earlier, especially with all the pitchers that we're talking about that are going down or teams that are playing coy with how long their starter is going to go. You know Cease is going to pitch. That's actually his first outing of giving up less than four earned runs in five outings. So, again, has not been great. But the game before that, seven innings, five hits, two earned seven Ks against the Brewers. What? Before the Brewers? Are you, ta- are you talking about back in September uh, or August 13th? Yes. But that was in the middle of sep- of August. We're in the middle of September now. Yeah, and he just ago. had a good start in the middle of September, so he can still one, have them. One a month. Yeah. <laughs> he might have used it already. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you think, Elsie? If you have Dylan Cece, you starting him? He got Minnesota and Bo- and then at Boston as his next two. Those are Minnesota's been pretty good, better offensively than they had been. Uh, I think he's a drop, to be honest. I do, I do understand Doc's point about there being just fewer and fewer worthy pitchers to put out there, but he's just so volatile and he could kill you at any any outing. So I think he's a drop. Marty, what about you? Pretty much the same thing. Minnesota, 120 WRC plus over the last two weeks. Boston, only an 87, so um, not great there. And then if you're playing all the way up to the uh, the end of the year, maybe it's either Diamondbacks or Padres, and I don't love those as well. Deep, point, deep points league, yeah, keep them going. A 15-team league, probably keep them going. Anything below that, got to go. Chris Bassett or Dylan Cease? Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett. Yeah, give me the Bassett hound. All right. Let's talk about another player. And the next player on this list, Christian Javier, who was also same type of reason, high strikeout upside and somebody that looked like they were ascending as a pitcher has been a absolute flop this season. Marty, I'll go to you first. Now, if you have Christian Javier on your roster, are you trusting him these last couple of weeks when you might need him to perform for your fantasy playoffs? I don't own... I've never owned him in any league that I've ever played in. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go to the schedule here. So they go against the Royals, maybe Baltimore, he go up against, but then the Royals again, and then Mariners diamondbacks. I don't think there's any reason to be playing him. Uh, XERA of 4.69, a 21.9 K percentage. And he's walking people 9% of the time. Uh, Those, those are my bug. If I see XERA through the roof does not strike out people. And he's still walking people at a high clip, and then he's going against good teams. No thanks. Yeah, is it, if you just look across on his baseball savant page, it is not pretty. A lot of hard contact allowed this year. Uh, max EV of 114 miles per hour. Uh, exit velocity 89.1 miles per hour. Just not great across the board here. LC, what about you? He's been a lot better at home than he has been on the road this season. Uh, I think Kansas City is a, is workable. I might try. It looks like it might have his next two against KC. Uh, the first one on the road, though. Um, I may I may keep him for his next two with KC at KC and then KC at home. I no Baltimore at home. Yikes. Oh, 
That's what that's at least how it's looking right now. That's a tough one. Baltimore is murderous. Yeah, you know, if Baltimore's your home start and you stink on the road, yeah, that might be a drop. That's a no for me, dog. He's gone only six innings once since August. Like that, he's also not giving you any more. And KC are just Baltimore's the best offense in baseball over the last two weeks. Like he, and even the Kansas City Royals, 113 WRC plus. You know, they're, yeah. Don't do it. I would drop him. But here's the caveat. I would pick him up as a streamer if he's available in your league and you need someone to go this weekend. I do like the Friday matchup with the Royals, but he has a 7.27 ERA in his last 13 outings. That's awful. (laughs) And it's not like he is, you know, it was one start where he gave up seven or eight earned. He's given up three earned in his last five outings. And as David mentioned, he's gone six innings once. So he's not giving you good ratios. He's not striking people out. It's actually surprising that his statistics aren't worse than what they are. I agree with you. What about this one might be a little easier one. Are we either are we Lucas Gialio or are we Lucas Gialino rest of season? <laughs> I know you missed that. <laughs> that was so ugly. Are we all Lucas Gialino rest of year? He's a no for me. I'm not even gonna look at the schedule. So yeah. I, say, I think this was a, a universal one. Yeah. He's a free I, agent I, in, in uh, our home league, I think, isn't he still? I, I picked him up to stream, and then I sat him with one minute before. It was against the Angel <laughs> Ball team, too. And I said, I can't live with myself if he gets another negative 21. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's lost out there. All right, so we'll go away from Lucas Giolito then and talk about a uh, Marty heartthrob in Lance Lynn, mm. who leads the major leagues and home runs allowed 41 allowed this season. Keep in mind, last year's leader was Josiah Gray at 38 and Lance Lynn, I believe still has three more 41. starts left. So Lance Lynn did just come off, I believe a seven inning two earned run outing his uh, against San Diego yesterday. So I got to ask you, Elsie. I mean, I have, I know I held on to him for a long time. Is Lance Lynn, do you feel confident in a must-win scenario playing him? Must-win, I'm not sure. Next week, though, he's two starts, Detroit and San Francisco. I like those. I like that. I'm putting him out there because he's one of those guys that's hard to read. He stinks or he's awesome. And, like, those two starts are pretty pretty juicy, though. And if you have in a weekly league, two starts – his strikeout, I, well, I know he had been. I know that he has had some trouble striking out people lately. And uh, let me look that up, his last few games. I know he had had very low strikeouts. I so want to say he had, I, I, he he had, had three had, yesterday, and yeah. then each outing before that, he had one for the previous three outings. And then three the outing before that. Yeah, so and then he, he had nine before. He has nine strikeouts in his last five starts. Whew. Oh, he's allowing a 40.1 hard hit percentage. His uh, sweet spot percentage is 36%. His exit velocity is not bad, but most of all, most of the hard contact barrel percentage is almost double what it was last year. Those strikeouts are, I mean, the starts, they look juicy, Detroit and San Francisco, but he's not striking people out. I don't know. 
I mean, my gut says throw him out there because it's Lance Lynn. But when I look at what he's done, it's hard to do it. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, it's going to be a Sunday. It's going to be a Monday morning decision for me because, or maybe even Sunday night, I might be dropping him where I have him. What do you guys? I definitely think? got to the point. I have him in a couple leagues, and I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to play him, but I kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think I, it's just, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm riding him. I, I've, wa- I've been watching the games this yesterday. Is a PG podcast. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Dodgers games. And they were talking about yesterday how the majority of Lance Lynn's earned runs come from home runs. And that when runners are actually on base, he does a really good job maneuvering out of that. The One of the really bad games, seven earned against the Braves, which nobody is prone to that offense. The other bad one was at Miami, but looked good against the Padres yesterday. And he's a guy I don't know. I just trust. He hasn't done me wrong yet. Uh, I have him in uh, TGFBI. Uh, the ratios aren't that good anyway, so I'm going to be playing him in that league. So 15-teamer. Anything below that, I, I just can't do it. Yeah, I agree with you, Marty. I think it, it's it, it, like if you're in a really deep league, there's not a lot of probably good options out there, 15 or deeper. Um, but it's also, I feel like, what what ratios do you need to keep? Like Again, ERA at this point, if you're not having a good ERA on the year, then he's probably not going to help that. But well, most people have had Lance Lynn on their team the entire year, so you don't have to worry about your ERA. It's already That's done, right. though. Very, very true. <laughs> Again, even the strikeouts haven't been there. He'll get you a win. He was giving you. Maybe, yeah. Um, all right, so then next one on the list, Carlos Rodon, who's been uh, – Rod, don't start him recently until his last outing. Again, a lot of these guys, I feel like we're one way, and then they've come back with a decent start. Rodon has not looked anywhere near the pitcher we thought he would be, and obviously injuries have played a factor into that. Doc, I don't think you have any Carlos Rodon from any of the leagues I remember you telling me about, but if you did have him, would you start him? Nope. Yankees are soon to be eliminated from postseason contention. They signed Rodon to a big deal this offseason. He's been multiple IL stints and things for that are, are concerning, like a back issue. Um, the only Rodon shares I have is when I did a best ball and underdog, and one of you guys were like, Come on, let's get some Rodon shares. You're blaming it on us then, huh? Exactly. Got him on no leagues. Mm-hmm. I made a video uh, last year to sell high on him. I'm so low on him. So he went five innings, four hits, one earned run, four walks, nine strikeouts against the Boston Red Sox. Started before that against the Detroit Tigers of all teams. Gave up seven earned runs in under four innings. <laughs> so Four walks. I mean, that says to me, dude, he's just... He got lucky. He only gave up, you know, mm-hmm. what he did. That's a, that's yeah, that's risky business. He's not it's going no deep for me. either in starts too. So you have the walks being high. You have the, he's not going deep into games. He's playing for a ball club that's pretty much eliminated from the playoffs. What about uh, points LD? leagues though? Are you still going to roll the dice out on that? When's his? No? Well, let's see who's his next outing against at at Pittsburgh. I would do that, and I do at Pittsburgh. League. Then he has Arizona. (laughs) Then he has Arizona after that. So I'm not sure if I do Arizona, but I do at Pittsburgh for sure. Don't do it. Well, the only spot I have him, I'm in a consolation bracket. So uh, I can't. And and out of respect, I can't drop him because you can't add when you're in the consolation bracket. 
So I'm throwing him out there in the consolation round. <laughs> there we go. So Carlos Rodon will get some love on this podcast. What about Hunter Brown, who, again, was going one way, and then tonight, I believe, five scoreless innings with seven strikeouts. I didn't see who he was playing against, though. I just Oakland. glimpsed Oakland. So obviously, take, take it as you will. But he's been brutal in the second half. And to the point where I, I think most people were saying he's an easy cut. The Astros have pitching depth. And he might just come in as a long relief guy. He has not been reliable down the stretch. His ERA was approaching five. Marty, I don't know if you have any Hunter Brown. He was definitely a fan favorite of this podcast. So if I you have, have Hunter Brown, are you starting him? I have him zero places, but let's let's just look to the schedule here. Potentially, um, so Royals, maybe Mariners, or then the Diamondbacks. Are the Diamondbacks playing everybody? It seems yeah, like right. everyone we've mentioned like the Diamondbacks are. are playing over the next week. Um He's a, he's a no for me for right now. I think where's he at with his innings right now? He's at I will give you that right now. He is he's at, at 142 uh, 145 after 145 uh, oh including today. Yeah. So last year he did he pitched 20 one last year in the yeah. majors. Yeah. So he's just I think he just hit the wall. Which is fair going yeah. up going up as many innings as he has and I, I don't have his AAA innings in front of me, but I can get those. He um Anytime so, you go, oh, you I have it right here. He went 106 innings plus the 21, so that's 127 last year, and he's already at what? So he's at 145. Oh yeah, then he's he's where he's sh- he's done. I'd say they and if they want to use him in long relief or whatever they're going to do for him in the playoffs, I think they're going to curb his starts anyway. 10 and 11 with a 4.66 ERA, 27 starts this year, 1.35 WHIP. I his think we innings, had better hopes for him, for sure. His, his innings pitched by month, 30.1, 32, 24.2, 24.1, 21.2, and it's at 13.1 this month. It looks like they're gradually decreasing it. Yeah, and I mean, a big reason he was big last year, a 64.7 ground ball percentage in the limited time he was up. It's still decent, down to 52.3%, but... Definitely has had some problems, but he could be an interesting target for next year. You know, having his first full year in the big leagues, he could be somebody you hear something in the offseason about him reworking with a pitch or doing something different. He definitely has could have an intriguing upside case for sure. But for the rest of this year, definitely don't see the too much intrigue with him. The last pitcher I have on the card for tonight is Mitch Keller. (laughs) <laughs> he just did, did just go against the Braves, and I think everybody sucks against the Braves. But he's, again, a pitcher that started out the year really hot, and then you look, eight, eight earned runs here, seven earned runs here. ERA is now settled into a high fours ERA. He actually is uh, striking out a, a decent amount. I believe he's in the top five in the National League in strikeouts. He also is, I believe, in the top five in innings, and I will double-check both of those in a second. Elsie, uh, Mitch Keller, last pitcher on the list here. Would you start him? Well, he has the Nationals next. Um, I think that's a pretty decent start. That's that's tomorrow. He has the Nationals, and he's at at the Cubs. Um, and the Cubs, oh gosh, I he's got taken two out of three from Colorado. They just got taken three out of four from the from the D backs before that. Um, but the Cubs can the Cubs can sting you, and I think Keller might be the type of pitcher they sting. He's going to get you the strikeouts. You got to respect that. So if you need the K's, do it. But I think if you're not in the need of K's, he's not someone who I'd be anxious to put out there. 
So right now in the National League, he is... I hate how MLB does that when you try to sort. He In the National League, he is eighth in innings pitched, and he is in strikeouts... Sixth in strikeouts with a... Actually, I, I didn't give his ERA. He's a 4-2-3 ERA, even after the a bunch of those blow-ups he's had. So, again, probably the lowest ERA of the group here. Doc, Mitch Keller, are you buying? I follow Art's thoughts. If you need the strikeouts, I would do it. And depending on the type of player, a lot of the pitchers we've talked about tonight... They can give you really good outings or, you know, they can, they can bring down your ratios. They can kill you in points leagues. So if you want to avoid those type of guys, then I would say Mitch Keller isn't for you, but he also has that high upside. So me, I probably wouldn't play him, but that's just me. Marty, I'm assuming the same thing. I'm going to start him. I have him in um, Glarf, and I'm trying to get top 10 overall in the Earth League. I- I'm knocking on the door of that, so I need Mitch Keller to uh, have a g- – I don't mind his upcoming. It's Washington and then Chicago. Neither, neither of those really scary. Then at Cincinnati, maybe, which I don't love, but it's a terrible lineup, and they're not hitting well. But then the Phillies, who are just you know pretty hot right now. So if you i think you're if you have them on your team you're forced to play them i don't think you probably have five four or five starters to, to put in front of them uh, i'm going to be i'm going to be riding them just like uh doc road lansley <laughs> <laughs> oh man it, triple play after dark let's ride them <laughs> in the same room <laughs> <laughs> you know um i don't know why my head went this way but when you like say mitch keller you know the game like f mary kill yeah i was thinking like f mitch keller <laughs> I mean, just, great to I, have I, you I, back, David. <laughs> my my brain goes in a bunch of these weird places. Um, all right, so a couple hitters, and uh, thanks to Doc and Elsie for throwing a couple of these hitter names here. Ellie De La Cruz, who obviously I think the most hyped player to come up this year is that fair to say? Season long numbers: a two thirty five batting average, two ninety eight OBP, four oh nine slug, and seven oh seven OPS. 11 homers and 27 steals on the surface. It doesn't look horrible, but he has been absolutely dreadful in the second half. Uh, somebody that borderline unstartable at this point. Uh, I'm just going to pull up just for reference his post all-star break numbers. So pre all-star break four homers, 16 RBIs hitting 325 with a 363 OBP. The second half post all-star break a 182 batting average with seven homers and 10 steals. So he had 16 pre-All-Star break, 10 post-All-Star break. And what's interesting is 126 at-bats at pre-All-Star break with those 16 steals, 214 at-bats post-All-Star break with 10. So Mm -hmm. almost 100 more games or 100 more at-bats and six less steals. He's just been dreadful. Uh, Doc, Ellie De La Cruz is on your roster at this point. Are you going to cut him? At this point, it's not a bench. If you're not going to start Ellie De La Cruz at this point, I feel like you have to drop him if you're if you're at this point in, in your season. So are you going to trust him in your lineup or are you dropping him? In a 15 team, I think it's no question you keep him. And I think in a roto, you keep him because of the stolen base upside. In a points league, I'm cutting him. The strikeout rate, 34%, walking at a 7% clip. 
Jonathan India is back. So now he's hitting out of the leadoff role. And overall, as a team, the Reds have been tanking. Uh, you know, it was them and the Brewers fighting for the division. Now they're six and a half games back. They're four or they're two games behind the Cubs. They're fading out of contention quickly. And Joey Votto's back from the IL. They got Harrison Bader in waivers. So it's a little bit more of a crowded uh, batting room than it was a couple months ago when he came up. I agree. Um, Marty, what about you? Um, I'm pr- I'm going to be riding him. I do have him in a league. And here's here's the reason why. Let's go to the like the waiver wire. Ahmad Rosario, who would you rather have? Yeah, Rosario's not getting enough play appearances. Yeah. yeah. Tim Anderson? Nope. <laughs> no. Ezekiel Tovar? Nah. He was Ezekiel, he was Ezekiel Duran. But uh well Tovar has three games coming up at home and then the next all next week he, they're gonna be away. Yeah. Uh, Tovar's Tovar's like Ofer's last thirteen or something. Yeah, he went two for four today, but before oh, okay. that, yeah, Ofer his last sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um Javi Baez, the lowest OPS in all of baseball qualified. Yeah. Uh, Mikel Garcia. Like I'm just I saying, like, like shortstop Garcia. is like Yeah, Garcia maybe. Maybe him. He's hitting like, like 260. Yeah, he's, he's been decent. Hitting. He's hitting at the top of the lineup too. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Garcia. But yeah. But Dale Cruz is the only one who who could potentially have a power speed, but 180 in the second half. Striking out almost forty percent of the time in the second half as well. So I like Doc's statement about in points leagues. He's killing you in points leagues with those strikeouts. Yeah, Jordan Lawler, Jose Mateo. I mean, dude, shortstops yeah. are rough. Yeah. yeah, only all of us could have Corey Seager. Noel de so Marte. He's so good. Can I interest you in that? Went two for four today. Yeah, David Corey Seager might be your best hit of the year. I was even talking about for I'm, – I'm just talking in general. Corey Seegers is a dog. Yeah. He's an absolute beast. Marty, to go back to yours, I'm interested in Marte over Ellie. New all by Marte? Mm-hmm. What's he yeah. – um, yeah, I mean – 254, six steals already in 21 would, games? Yeah, I would probably go Marte as well. Yeah. The other name brought up by Doc is Shohei Otani. I think at this point, if I'm in a weekly league – I'm dropping him because he's not pitching. He's not even playing every day as a DH. What wasn't it like he, nine games in a row? He he, didn't he was play? supposed to he was supposed to play today, and they pushed it back at least one more day. I did they said that. that Monday. Phil Nevin came out last Thursday and said he'll be out in the next couple of days. So it was two at max, and now we're going on a week. I'm playing him in our points league, and it is the biggest blessing that he was not cut. He should have been cut last week when he missed all. Because here's the thing. Even if he comes back in DHs, he's not playing every day. He might DH one out of every three games, especially if he leaves the Angels. I'm sure he'll want to play for the fans one or once or twice more. But he's not an everyday player, even if he was to come back tomorrow. I think, is it fair to say for all of us, if you have a league with deep benches, you bench him, you don't cut him. But if you have a league where you pretty much are so thin that you don't have very many people on your bench, that you might need to use that roster spot for someone that's playing every day. If you're trying to, again, in a points league head-to-head or roto head-to-head format where you need as much stats as you can over these next couple weeks, if he's playing once or twice a week, you just that's not cutting it. That's I agree with that. I mean, I would I would hold out hope 
that he gets back to playing more, but, but, but why? Yeah. But why would he play at this point more than a couple of times? Like doc said, mm-hmm. he's trying to get back. He's a gamer. He loves the, he loves to play. He's trying to get back, but, uh, yeah. but he's, 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 he's not feeling it. He's not feeling well enough. He has so, an yeah. oblique issue and a torn UCL. It's not like he's battling one thing. <laughs> Brutal. I can't believe he. It's all happened like right before he was about to get paid too. Like he was about to get six hundred million dollars. I, I don't want to know what, how much he lost with these injuries. It just stinks. Um. All right. So we're gonna move on. Talk about a uh, different kind of set of topics here, and. We are going to talk about what the potential first round is going to look like next year. And there already there was, I believe, a Tout Wars draft that was a mock draft, but they did dra- did they do a draft. And then, of course, there's the too early draft that uh, does count that I believe the Deadpool hitter puts on, and they do the first seven rounds or so, and then they pick it up again in the new year. So that's obviously ADP data that they're just basically doing without any ADP. But I think it's interesting to see how they draft compared to, do you agree with everything that was done or do you see it going differently once rankings and everything come out? Uh, So I'm going to pull up the too early draft that they did, but I'd just be interested to hear from you guys, just uh, starting with you, Doc. How do you think the first round shakes up next year? I think we've seen less and less pitching. When we did our draft at FPAS, Justin Mason at the turn took Cole and Burns, but no pitcher was taken before that. And even with Strider, that has really great K upside, I don't think there's a complete pitcher. And especially with the amount of injuries that we've seen, I wouldn't be surprised to see 13 out of the at least 15 picks be hitters. I think that's about right. Um, It's just been kind of the way the game has switched these days. Marty, what do you think? Well, I was going to say, and um, we know who's first place in the uh, the FPAS league. It's Justin Mason. So yeah, this might be the time to maybe, uh, you know, zig when other people zag. But, um, yeah, I think that's another point. I, I, I think there'll be very few uh, pitchers in there. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of where, like, the Trey Turner, like, the, the veterans go. You know, where does Freddie Freeman go from here? Where does Trey Turner go from here? Um, where does Matt Olson go after dropping 51-plus bombs? So, um, I, for me, I'm going to take, I'm not going to look at anything from October, November, and December. I'm just going to leave that all alone. And I'm going to come back in January with a fresh, fresh brain to look at it all. Uh, because I, I think it's crazy that people are already doing drafts now without even being able removed from the, the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the, uh, the, the seven rounds looks like. But, um, yeah, I think pitching, taking the back seat is going to be. The one of the bigger ones. I do have it in front of me, uh, Art. Unless you have any other thoughts you would like to add, I have a few thoughts. Just a couple players who I think may sneak up. Maybe not every draft, but Cody Bellinger might be a first rounder. Oh yeah, uh, uh, first rounder, really. Oh wait, he's batting three twenty with twenty twenty home runs and steals. You think it's contract year? It's, it's the first it's contract round, year too. It's a contract year, and Bellinger has shown some ups and downs, but potential, I mean, if he doesn't go in the first round, he's going in the second with those types of stats he's put up. Uh, Seager, with his injury concerns, he's only played 100 games so far, but he's hitting 340. 
potential first rounder next year as well. Um, these are some guys. Yeah, some of these guys. Uh, and Otani, could Otani's injury drop him out of the first? That's a question I have. Do we have... Well, so I will tell me. you guys. Um, so the too early draft, this was... Uh, Rob tweeted this out on August 23rd. If you haven't followed Rob DiPietro, Deadpool hitter, great follow, great dude. Does great work in the fantasy baseball space. So this was him, and then he collected a bunch of other analysts, and this was the data that came out from their draft. I can tell you, Cody Bellinger did not go until the sixth round in this draft. I can also tell you that Shohei Otani was the second pick in this draft. Now, again, August 23rd, I, I'm pretty sure, was that? That was before his oblique issue. That was he's done from pitching, but he's still hitting. I think the oblique issue is not going to hinder him for next year. I think the, the elbow is one thing, but the oblique is not something I would worry about for next Those year. Those injuries start to add up, though. Small things. Spencer Strider was three, went right? third. Third in this draft. The number three pick. Uh, Ronald Acuna went one. J-Rod went four. Mookie went five. And Fernando Tatis went sixth. And Bobby um, Witt went seven, right? Bobby went seven. Freddie Freeman, eight. Jose Ramirez, nine. Trey, or I'm sorry, Kyle Tucker, 10. Corbin Carroll, 11. Garrett Cole, 12. Jordan Alvarez, 13. Ozzy Albies, 14. And Aaron Judge, 15. Do you guys have any problem with that first round? Mm. Jose Ramirez is a little too high for me. At nine? Mm-hmm. Especially above Kyle Tucker. And power speed is still very real with him. I just see him declining, and I don't think Cleveland is putting good pieces around him. Did you guys? And they, and they don't seem inclined to ever trade their good players, except for Lindor. Um, I, I think I think Olson has hit his way into the first round. I he's think a mid second round pick in this draft. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, that's almost a month ago before yeah. he went really on a tear. I think he's 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 a become a turn pick. No, like a yeah. Yeah, you have the fifteenth pick. He's like the last pick of the first, first pick of the second. Yeah, I think so. Like, um, almost like how Jordan was last year. But you know what the argument is going to be is how it was this year. It's going to be flipped. Why take Pete Alonso when you could get Matt Olson two rounds later? Why take Matt Olson when you could take Pete Alonso two rounds later? That's a good. I mean, it's a good point. But I mean, both of them are are solid picks. I think, and Olson's having a career year. And but uh, with the, his offense, I think we're we're all going to be buying in on the Braves' offense next year. Yeah, we're all going to want a piece of that. That's going to push him up a bit. Where did Are Vlad Junior go? Vlad Junior was the second to last pick of the second round. But with his power decrease this year, I I don't blame him for going. He's not giving you steals, decent batting average, but he, he's not hitting home runs. I mean that that's definitely an issue. Mm -hmm. Um. Are you guys curious at Corbin Carroll at 11? I feel like when he was at his peak, he was a top five or six pick. So I feel like he's kind of regressed to, in this in this draft, he was closer to a back end of the first round in a 15-team league. Would you guys take him before pick 11? He has 47 steals. Go ahead, Marty. Sorry. No, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at with him. Um, I mean, I guess the, for me, the better question is, would you rather have Jordan Alvarez? Would you rather have Ozzy Elbies? Would you rather have Judge? I would take him over Judge because I'm concerned about injuries with him. 
when I look at the first round, I don't like Ozzy Albies in the first round. I He's not either. a first round talent to me. And then you look, hop into the second round, Ellie De La Cruz, beginning of the second round, that's wild. And I think I, that was that before should, he was really tailed sure. off. I know. And that, and that's what I mean by the volatility of the younger players. I mean, just mm-hmm. we're three weeks removed where Ellie De La Cruz in the second round is absolutely insane. You know, he had the chance, you know, we were close. It was either him or Corey Seager. I mean, when Ellie De La Cruz. So yeah. all this stuff's good. Even over the next three weeks, there are going to be a lot of things that change. I, I Harper in the second round, like middle end of the second. I like that. I, I wonder if he gets his outfield eligibility back. I believe you have to play. Depends on the format. Like I know CBS. I believe it's five games. ESPN. It's ten well, games. This is this is his first year at first base. But if Reese Hoskins comes back and his torn UCL is completely recovered, like if he has an off season to recover from that, does he go back to an outfielder? Is he first base? Is he both? I think yeah. I think it would be one of those things where Harper will gain it in the at the beginning, like in the first month of the season. Yeah. So you can kind of just you know draft that. That, that, that makes him a lot more valuable then. Mm-hmm. First base outfield eligible. That'd be good. That's that's the old uh, Cody Bellinger back with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Are you guys, if you have the sixth pick in the draft and the first five play out as they did, are you comfortable taking Fernando Tatis there, or is the volatility too scary at number six? I, I like wit. Tatis. I'll take Wit. Man, I would take Wit over Otani next year. What about Kyle Tucker? Yeah, and talking, talking about nice and safe, right? That, that that's like the missionary pick right there. Like, <laughs> it's gonna, you know, sure, everything's gonna be wild. fine. <laughs> Marty, I so feel you on that though. He's the condom pick. Tatis, Tatis though, is his first season back. Really, uh, I think that Tatis is gonna be better next year than he was this year. He's been he's been colder in the second half as well. Gold glove outfielder though. Who would have saw that coming? He's one of yeah. the best outfielders in the game. It's crazy. I, mean, I I like I like him. I think next year is going to be a better season than this year. So I can see him going six. Might be a little bit rich for my blood, with, with especially with how Witt has done uh, at that third base position and how much value that comes at that at that position with the steals. But uh, I think he's going to be better next year than he was this year. Well, real quick on Fernando. I mean, this year, what he, he's got 24 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and he missed the first month of the season. That's pretty I mean, wild. That's, you, you know, add another five to both of those. It's he's definitely a first round pick. Now, mm-hmm. whether he goes in the top five, I don't know, but he's definitely top ten for me. I want to read you guys some names that were not selected nearly this high last year. Obviously, some of them maybe undrafted, and you tell me if you are okay with that value. A lot of these guys are kind of close together here. In the fourth round, Ha Seung Kim is a fourth round pick. Gunnar Henderson goes right up next to him, and as well as Matt McLean. They all three go back to back to back. Are you guys surprised at that value for any of those three guys? I'm all in on Gunnar. I'm all in on Gunnar for next year. So you year. would take him in the fourth round? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, especially how he's come on since that slow start and with the Orioles offense. Uh, I'm all in on that. McLean, I got to see. I, I mean, I, I'm worried. I, I don't know what that in. What was his injury? He's out for it's the not, season, it's, right? It's an oblique. Yeah, that was an oblique. An oblique yeah. Okay. So I like McLean. We, we, we. Yeah. What do you guys think? I would. I would rather have Gunner out of those three for sure. Agreed. Um 
Hassan Kim in the fourth, when I got him in like the 26th round this year, it just seems like this is his, he would have to duplicate exactly what he just did. And he's not that young, you know, and he's having a really good season. I don't know. It's just, you're paying for a ceiling. I don't want to have to do that where I don't know where Henderson's ceiling is. I'm with yeah. Marty on that. I like Gunner the best out of the group. I would have to see how the draft is playing and if he mains, maintains third base and shortstop eligibility. I mean, David, you know I love Gunner. So that, I mean, sometimes you get your guys because you like them that you see them play. That would probably factor into my decision more than if I actually thought he was a fourth round value. Right. Um, real quick question in the chat. Would you guys drop Sean Murphy for Logan Alhoppy? I think that's a smash. Yes. Yeah, well, Hoppy's he hasn't he had like four home runs over the last week or something crazy like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, two homer game. He, he was showing that before he got hurt too. He's yeah, he's going to be a value next year too because unless he gets hurt again, but very good, very good catcher. Um, the other guy I wanted to bring up here, as we were just talking about those three guys, is the when you go into the fifth round, there's Grayson Rodriguez. And also C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams, I believe, 17 homers, 41 steals on the season. And uh, what was I said? Grayson Rodriguez has really come on of late. Still not really striking out a crazy amount of batters, but obviously has shown flashes. Either of those guys, you feel comfortable in the fifth round? Obviously, this is roto format. That's why C.J. Abrams is as high as he is. But what are your guys' thoughts on these two guys? I'll say Rob's really, obviously, Rob D. DPRTO is a really smart guy. He's won a lot. But, yeah. man, when Aaron Nola's sitting there, Max Fried, Framber Valdez, Logan Webb, I know there some went before him, but I'd rather have your boy, Doc, Pablo Lopez, who shout out to him, another 8K performance. And you know what? He had like 13, <laughs> he had like 13 last week. Pablo Lopez made me shut it this season. <laughs> 14 strikeouts that game. He's yeah. been incredible all year. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'd rather have those names. I have Grayson in a lot of places this year, but I don't feel as Max Freed. I'd rather have him, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's safer picks. I think with that, I think one of the biggest fallers is O'Neill Cruz, who was probably going where Ellie De La Cruz was last year at this time. And now he's going in the sixth round and he shut down for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Not I think, back. I think, I think it's a comparable pick. You know, you could, I think O'Neill Cruz might be, if he's healthy next year, could outproduce Ellie De La Cruz pretty easily. Yeah, I could we'll see that. I mean, with the speed, I mean, that's a nasty ankle injury he had. Oh, that's true. That's true. And and Ellie's could could just be getting used to major league pitching this year and explode next year. But the strikeout rate is so so darn scary to me. I, I don't like drafting guys whose strikeout rates are well well above thirty. Well, thirty or above, actually. I'd say it, it's really scary to me. Yeah, and I, I like C.J. Abrams at that price. Uh, you know, we talk about the power-speed combo that people are chasing in the early rounds. 18 homers, 41 RBIs, 251, which is above league batting average. Batting leadoff for the Nationals every day. The Nationals, they just signed Mike Rizzo to an extension. They're mm-hmm. better than Vegas expected them to. They're a gritty team. And I think if they can somehow get Strasburg's contract off the books or if they can find someone to take the last couple of years of Patrick Corbin's contract, I wouldn't be surprised if they're more aggressive. It's a good thought. I'd be remiss if to conclude this conversation if I did not include where are you drafting Cole Reagans next year? I probably won't have any of him. I want to see if these yips continue. True. Uh, 
top 50 pitcher somewhere in there, top 40 around there by the time I do my rankings in eight months, six months from now. Um, but yeah, I want to see more. But yeah, I don't know. It's been, I don't think I've ever seen a pitcher come out like who was, who was he was a must sit for me in, every, in almost in every way. And then over the last two months, now he's like, he's an ace. I don't know. It's, All it's teams to transform him to the Royals. He's got. He has a new pitch. He's throwing a slider now that he wasn't throwing uh, in in Texas. Um, I had him as a top 100 overall pick. I, I mean, to me, the yips are something that once they're there, I, I'm a, I'm immediately wary. Now he said he was catching his cleats on the ground. I mean, those look like pretty bad throw. Like like literally like the how high they were going. Yeah. yeah. Well, that two of them he like clipped he his had... feet, and then one of them was a bad pitch, but it was catchable. So it wasn't like he threw all three of them, you know, in, almost into the crowd. Uh, he hasn't pitched since, though, right? Right. No, I believe he's supposed to pitch tomorrow. He's also had two Tommy or John maybe, surgeries. Is he, is he pitching That's tonight? I, I'm going to pull that. There, I feel like there's a chance he's pitching uh, no, tonight. He pitches September 16th, so in three days... That yeah. would be Saturday against the Astros. So good luck, we'll buddy. See. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Doc. Sorry, I was going to say he's the later version this year of Jeffrey Springs. Like we I said, Jeffrey so- Springs. Yeah, yeah, that's who I think too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was like he was looking great in his outings. Like or like, oh man, is it was this the best value of the draft sleeper for Cy Young, and then gets another pitching related injury. Yeah, I I think Springs ended up. I looked him up. He ended up in the main event. Now that is a pitching heavy draft. He was 88 at at the in the in main event drafts as an ADP. So that gives me Reagan's as a top 100 in the main event. So possibly pre main event you can get him around 110, 120, maybe maybe higher. I mean, can Tampa Bay is a better context than Kansas City, so that might push Springs up over Reagan's. But that that was my comp too was mm-hmm. Springs. Great minds think alike, Art. And, and Springs looked amazing before he got hurt. <laughs> he yeah. was literally looked like you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, there'll be a whole offseason. Of I, I do have one question for the group. Yeah. Is Mike Trout a top 75 player? 75. Okay, so. Um, he was drafted yeah. 76th. He's the 76th pick in this draft. Oh, that's good. Yes. I don't think. Yeah. Imagine getting him in like the like in the seventh round, sixth round. Well, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. It's yeah. Extended I at least one extended aisle. But, that, but that's but that's reflected in his ADP because he's still good value when he's healthy. He hit you it's thirty not, homers. It's not, it's not. It's not like you worry about his performance. His ADP is reflected by the fact that he can't stay healthy. So use him for at the beginning of the season. In a, if you're in a redraft league, trade him if you think that he's due to get hurt. And when does he get traded? And he I actually believe wants to play. We're making him available, weren't they? It, it, it's up to him. He has a no trade clause, so at yeah. the end of the day, it's it's whether or not he wants to go, which is such a funny thing to do to him. The Angels are like, "We'll trade you if you want." Like, what? Yeah, what does what, that? What team is a Mike Trout away from being like a serious contender that isn't right now? I was th- I was thinking he would go the Dodgers, but they're they're a contender without him. Like, what team nope. would he put them over? Where you're like, okay, I'm afraid now. Mariners, yes. Mariners be good. If he went, yeah. if Mike Trout went to the Dodgers, would his ADP go up? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I so where would he, you take him if he went to the Dodgers? 
I can see myself getting him at the end of the fourth. Uh, I would take him in the third. Because wow. I imagine the top three would go uh, Betts, Freeman, Trout. That's a wow. scary one through three. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> Holy crap. Max Muncy at four. I, I heard a stat yesterday that Max Muncy is one out of two Dodgers with four thirty-five plus home run seasons. Ever? Makes, ever. Wow. Hmm. Did you is the is the other one Duke Snyder? It is. Okay. <laughs> but that's just kind of, you know, we think of Max Muncy as an afterthought, but He's been the best power source on that team over the last decade. Yeah. He's like a Kyle Schwarber hits 30 to 40 home runs, but hits like barely 200. Can we just, you, you know what was funny? There's a bet on Caesars. If you can bet he gets more singles or more home runs. The fact that that's actually a bet for someone. It's hilarious. And when it came out, he had 41 home runs and 40 singles. Wow. That's crazy. Definition of like an Adam Dunn. Homer, strikeout, walk, barely anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. I feel like that pretty much at this point in the season, the best thing that we can do as a podcast is we can obviously talk about looking ahead to next season, but I also think the way we were talking about guys that, you know, big name guys that you could drop or if you're trusting them at this point, at this point, if you're listening to baseball podcasts, you're obviously either love the game of fantasy baseball or you are in the thick of the things. And talking about guys to pick up most likely are not going in your lineup. It's who you should start. A lot of times pitchings and uh, guys that are big name players. And I feel like as a listener, if you this is the type of content that you need this season or if there are certain things you're looking for at the in the thick of the playoff race let us know because we want to make sure we give you guys the best product i want something from you david and it's only if you have it do you have yeah. the schedule for next week i actually have thank you for reminding me give me the I, graphic i've been i literally forgot I, i've I been lazy i'm literally gonna take a picture of this so i can look at it because uh in the in the infamous 10 team league i ha- i'm on my bye week right now we're chilling we're waiting for next week. So I got some time on my hands. So let me so see. That I can tell you it's very easy because every team's playing six or seven games except the Diamondbacks. I don't have I'll could tell Marte I do. Darn it. Fade all Diamondbacks hitters. And we were just talking about they feel like we were playing against everybody. <laughs> Wait, David. Yeah. Can we can we go to the That's question? True. Also, uh really quick because I made the graphics, so I don't want to most added players. <laughs> Ryan Pepio leads the list. Jose Quintana, Nelson Velasquez, Seiya Suzuki. Edward Cabrera, Jordan Lawler, Zach Littell, Evan Carter, most dropped players past week, Julio Urias, Luis <laughs> Rendifo, Matt Manning, James Paxton, Jason Dominguez, Adam Duvall, Brian Wu, and Luis Severino. Brian Wu. I, I'm a, okay. I'm on that. That's the dude. That's my dude for next year. I'm all about Brian Wu. He's been absolutely incredible. He just had another good outing. He goes against Oakland this week, starting the week. Guys, scoop him up. Like mm-hmm. everything looks great. The K percentage is amazing. He's not walking people. His, his XERA is low. I love the home park. Brian Wu, baby. Woo! On that back in September, calling it in September. That's as early a call as you can make for sure. Brian Wu. Okay. Uh, what was the question? So we have a question in the chat before we get ready to get out of here. In a Roto playoff. Why are you smiling? I haven't even read the question yet. In a Roto League playoffs uh 
close counting stats matchup, would you drop Otani for <laughs> David Sh- Schneider? Thank you for your thoughts. Can we make David Schneider? <laughs> can we make that a thing, please? Would you drop Shohei Otani for David Schneider in theaters now? David Schneider is worth the ad. Drop Shohei Otani. Shavis, David Schneider is the best baseball player we have ever seen. <laughs> David Dude, Schneider you, is. You know <laughs> what? We need you know, to get him on the podcast this offseason. Let's find him on the socials. He needs to know about this. Next week, I'm going to do a uh, a whole David Schneider script. Like, like David Schneider was a kid walking down the street. Then one day, he got called up to the big league. <laughs> David <laughs> Schneider in hot stick. <laughs> He's going to find out that being a big leaguer ain't so fun. (laughs) Wait, wait. Guess guess how many um, Twitter followers he has. He has a Twitter? Yeah. Uh, 2,700. 37. Remember we used to play this game? Yeah. I'll give you a hint. He hasn't. His last tweet was a retweet in December of 2022. Uh, So he's got probably like 5,400. I guess he's like 300. 4,405. There you go. Um, you know it's mid-September when someone asks, like, Shohei Otani for David Schneider. Like, should you drop? Like, could you imagine reading this, like, seven, eight months ago? I'd be like, who the hell is David Schneider? And then That's now, he's, he's batting every day, fourth in the lineup, and he's been incredible for a long time. That's so why you they, can't get hung up on name value. Yeah. There's a little, there's an article on um, Baseball Savant. Um, and I haven't read it yet, but it's literally it. It says his start is the best in major league history, and I'm I wish to read like what they're basing that off of. But um, like he uh, it's best a, OPS and AL slash NL history through 25 games all time. Incredible, um, absolutely 1. incredible. Reese Hoskins the only. Oh, Albert Pujols is on that list. Willie McCovey's on that list. Some I will say those. he's more popular oh, he on Instagram with 19,000 followers where will he get drafted next year that's another fun question Eric, maybe uh, we should be david schneider guys you want to take him number one in a main event <laughs> no a main event is seventeen hundred dollars by him yeah but <laughs> but we'll but we'll put our stamp as the david schneider guys in the industry and then when he pays off for like fourth round value we look like geniuses how about you pay for it and i'll co-manage it with you and we can do that Okay, deal. <laughs> okay, fair enough. He's imagine, imagine, imagine if we won the league after taking Davis Schneider number one when he hit sixty-five home runs this year. Davis Schneider, oh man, our man crush on this pod. All right, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. If you guys are not already, please make sure you follow all the gentlemen on Twitter. Doc is at Triple Fantasy. Art is at Art TPF. Marty's at Marty underscore Marty underscore Tallman. Find me at DMendio2. We will be giving you fantasy baseball content all the way until the end of the regular season. And then we will be giving you content throughout the offseason, just a little bit more sporadically, but we'll be here to give you all your fantasy baseball needs. In the meantime, if you guys have any questions you would like to write for the show or have any ideas of content you would like to see, please make sure to reach out to the show. You can reach out at tripplayfantasy at gmail.com if you like to go the email route or email doc at tripplayfantasy. And again, we love doing this for you guys each and every single week. So for Doc, for a little cheesecake, for Marty Party, I'm Mendy. 
It's great to be back. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Talk to you guys next week.